Ah, greetings. Care for a story? One of heroes and villains? Of swords and sorcery? Of romance and treachery? We'll pull up a chair and have a listen. Hi, and welcome to the RPG Show. My name's Brent. I'm your host. This is the show we rate, review, and talk about RPG games. That's right. That's right. And with me today, I have two totally rad bros of gaming glory. First up, we have Nick. Holy crap, that's a testicle monster, Gantner. How are you doing, man? Oh, man, that thing came right out of my favorite hentai. Yeah. But I'm pretty good. I have a lot to say about that. Up next, we have Glenn. What a useless protagonist, Landrum. What's happening? Even in my own story, I'm useless. Man, I have I am so high energy today, especially for this freaking review. I am so ready to do this. And it's been a long time coming. I know, and I'm sorry that this is so far behind. But uh, as I've said before, uh, yeah, I only had to restart this game half a million times. Um, We'll see if that's affected how I feel about it, because we're going to sit down like we always do. We're going to talk about when the game came out, who made it. We're going to talk about gameplay, story, art, music, give it scores, and slap it on the button, send it on its way. So, Glenn, tell me a little more about the game we played and reviewed. So, we played Fantasy Star 4. It's the last of the tetralogy for the Fantasy Star universe. It was released on the Mega Drive in Japan 1993, came to Europe and North America in 95. Um, then it got released later on the Wii Virtual Console around uh, 2008, and I think November 14th in America. I think something around that. And it's also available on Steam okay. currently. Yes, and Steam is the version that I ended up beating and hating because of the way you have to save. So thank you very much um it was also directed by Riko Kudama with art by Tora Yoshida music by Iz- I have no to say how the first name Numada and Masaki Nakagagi right Izuho 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 okay Izuho Numada um and it is it had a lot of things going for it at the time um I'm I don't have the critic uh stuff in front of me but I to my knowledge it was received extremely well Actually, funnily enough, when it first launched, it was it was considered good, but not groundbreaking. Like I think it averaged out around seven out of ten. It wasn't until later, when people were looking back at it, that it started getting the very high ratings. But on an original release, it was like one of those okay games. I don't see why. This is one of the first like cinematic RPG experiences. Um, by best I could tell like this game like at this point this was before sort of Final Fantasy took its very linear cinematic um, 
route because before that it like those games were very sort of open-ended sort of didn't know where to go sort of experiences this was very linear very very animated very cinematic and uh i don't know why it would have been i mean i um, guess average is better see, than electronic worse gaming monthly commented that the graphics are mediocre the music is irritating and the story is too slow paced but the magic technique system equipment and general gameplay are all highly Involving and enjoyable. Sega Saturn Magazine said the graphics were outdated even compared to other Mega Drive slash Genesis games. And the game itself was incomprehensible to newcomers of the series. But the game succeeds by creating cinematic moments, introducing new characters and powers, and taking many weird and wonderful plot turns. So that's like no one could agree on what they were talking about. Yeah, um, you guys just keep talking about that for just a second for me, please. Thank you. Uh, well, I, mean, yeah. I, I kind of disagree with them because I didn't. I didn't have any problems following the story. Like, and I've never played any of it. Well, I've played them, but it's been a long time ago, and I don't think I finished any of the other Fantasy Star games. So, right. But like, it it all flowed okay to me. Like, I'm not sure what they're talking about, but whatever. Well, I think like I read some other stuff on it, and from what my understanding is, there's a lot of references. To definitely the second one, like I think this is supposed to be almost a direct sequel to number two. Like it's it's like a thousand years afterwards, but a lot of the plot points are carried over. Um, and I know like the Dark Force, for instance, shows up in pretty much every uh, Fantasy Star game. Like I know it was in uh, Universe, as fun as that game was, it was part of the like it, it it's a recurring villain. And I think what they might be referring to is just how many callbacks they have. Okay. All right. Yeah. Sorry. I had a uh, canis vomitus. I had to hair, uh, uh, handle for a second there. Um, yeah, no, there, there, uh, that's something we'll get to, um, in story a little bit about, um, the number of callbacks and references to previous, um, titles in the series and how I feel about that. Cause it, I don't know. We'll get to that, um, momentarily, but first as per the huge, um, we're going to break down how we felt about the gameplay of the game. So, um, gameplay, how did you guys feel about how the game played as far as like the battle system and the macro system in particular? How did you guys feel about um, the way it was laid out in some of the spells? Because I, personally, like I think the macro system's cool and that, but it's sort of... I don't know. Um, it was fun. Underdeveloped. It was fun, and I don't find it necessarily underdeveloped. I just found that maybe the game would have been better if you turn the encounter rate down and don't require or rely on the macros so heavily, because the game sort of expects you to set up all these macros so you can go through these dungeons with these absurdly high encounter rates and just like oh God, select a macro right. and keep going. Um, I think that sort of, I don't know, I feel like that was too often a break in gameplay. Because to me, a battle is gameplay, but it's a break, like it separates, they're two separate things. So um, my personal preference is combat that goes a little while longer and is a little further spread apart. Instead of these combats came down to, especially for the first I don't know, 40% of the game, it's inter-combat, tri-blaster, leave combat, inter-combat, tri-blaster, leave... That's not playing a game. That's mash, you know, that's just as much mashing a button as auto-attacking yeah. through any other battle. 
But that being said, I feel that the difficulty on the monsters were just right. I, I definitely like the difficulty of this game because, you know, most monsters will die in a couple hits, but so will you. You kind of had to stay on your toes. Like, every battle was important that way. Um, Quick question. Yep. Did you guys ever get caught by those, like, baby sandworm things? All the time. I was not expecting that the first time around. Eh, well. what, are you, what are you talking about? The little baby sandworms, if you if you leave them alone long enough, they'll burrow and come back as like that boss character. And they're they're like just as strong as the boss. It was a pain in the ass the first couple times. No, I'd never let them live long enough, so. Yeah, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, it's a I don't know if they're calling their mother or just growing up real quick. But yeah, it was it, it was very annoying the first couple times I ran into that. Oh wow. Well, um, Glenn, you have, I mean, not Glenn, Nick, you haven't really said anything so far about how, what did you feel about how the game functioned, um, in general, as Um, far as the combat and encounter rates, that kind of thing? I felt like it, it functioned fine. Like there were instances where like I would move like seven steps and then get an encounter and then move seven steps and get an encounter. And then I would move like 50 or 60 steps and be perfectly fine without an encounter. So the encounter rate. Uh, rate was kind of wonky in some some instances, but I never found it to be too bad because the amount of grinding you had to do on occasion yeah. to actually maintain a proper level to get through some of the areas um, kind of necessitated that many encounters in the first place. Um, I never really used the macro thing. Like, I didn't know about Triblaster until it was kind of too late for it to matter anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's, there's like a plethora of combos you can get for the spells or the techniques or whatever. And it's a I, total of 14. Fun fact, the box actually said 15 and it was a, like one of those gaming legends for the longest time where people spread rumors on how to get the 15th like combo. Like sort of like shit, like you would hear back in early internet days about how to revive Aerith and stuff after she died, but there's only 14 in the game. So apparently you can hack a 15th in there, but it doesn't actually do anything. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. So I found myself actually having to choose different things in combat anyway, depending on what encounters I fought. Like there were different priorities for every enemy, and there's not something I could have just made a macro for. And then perfectly fine. Um, so that being said, the whole not knowing what the fuck anything does before you use it thing really pissed me off sometimes because I'd be like, oh, a new skill. What does this do? I don't fucking know. I've only got hey, one use. Should hey, I waste hey, that use now or hey. should I save it? And uh, like you, eventually, eventually you learn or you can just pull up a list on a second monitor and have shit be telling you what to do there and the same thing applies for items like you can look at some things but then you get other things you look at it and then it's just like oh it's a perfume fan fantastic uh should i wear the perfume what does that do and you know so that was kind of grating um but i mean as far as gameplay goes i enjoyed the the battle system well enough the overworld system was okay like it was really linear and then the ability to teleport was a godsend because if i had to fucking walk everywhere that would have sucked the vehicles were okay. The vehicle combat was kind of stupid. Like, I re- would have rather just been no encounters while in a vehicle. Um, and, uh... Yeah. There were some instances where, like, some encounters felt kind of cheap, but... What do you mean by cheap? Like... The varying 
agility stat in determining your character's turn orders in combat okay. yeah. is like because I was at the final boss and it casted Megid mm. and dealt massive damage to my whole party, which I normally would field, been perfectly fine. But in this particular instance, he went first, even though I had boosted my agility and everybody should have been going first. He went first and Megid again. And oh, no. killed everybody except Ren, and Ren had seven HP. Oh, so no. I revived everybody. Like I, heal, I recovered him. Then used, uh, I used all of my soul dues to revive everybody. Um, got everybody rebuffed. Then he fucking did it again, and Ren survived with like two HP. And I'm like, ah. I'm like fuck it. So I just, re- I didn't have any way to heal anybody. I mean, I had moon, soul, or moon dues or whatever, but that mm-hmm. is like a shitty revive and. Mm-hmm. Chances are I would revive somebody and they would have died instantly anyway. Yeah. So I just recovered with Ren, and then physically attacked, recovered with Ren, physically attacked, and then I was lucky enough to have enough uses of recover to beat the final boss that way. Yeah, I'll give you that. The final boss is tough. Like it was no joke. That took me quite a few tries. Like the first two forms, like he's got three. So the first two forms were weren't weren't that difficult, but that last form, man, holy shit. Like then again, I was uh, what was I was uh, what do they recommend? Like fifth level, fifty six, fifty five, somewhere in there. Uh, not that high. It's like I wasn't even that high. I was like it's I was 40s, tired. I think I was just tired of grinding at that point. And the guy, the strategy guy that the walkthrough I used, he overemphasized leveling. Mm-hmm. Like I found that I didn't have to level quite as much as he wanted me to, and I was perfectly fine in certain spots. Yeah, I felt like the equipment played more of an effect on your ability to fight things than you actually I don't know level ups were pretty pretty intense in this game where two levels could make the difference between a boss whooping your ass and you going in there and just walking through them so I mean beginning maybe I don't and later on in the game I didn't really feel like mm, that I don't know I think it's like getting one or two stat points in a specific stat and it doesn't really make or break a situation too much like the thing that helps is unlocking new techs or skills that's definitely the making breaking point because like yeah. you get the next level spell, you're suddenly doing sixty to eighty more damage with that particular spell than you would have been before. Yeah, I don't know. I I just felt like level ups were like it it leveling up was emphasized enough. Like I I, I felt the need to grind out a lot in this game, and um, coming from a person that I guess that was the one place where fast battles helped. Um, because you did have to grind so much, but again, I think it all could have been toned back a little, a little less required XP, you know, a little slower battle, fewer battles and everything would have been better on that front for me. But I mean, overall, I really enjoyed playing this game. I thought it was kind of rad and I was kind of upset that I had never really played it before, to be honest with you. Um, my problems were, as we've already stated, you know, some of the, the wonky battle mechanics, I didn't really care for the encounter rate cause it does get kind of old after a while. Um, and the, uh, the name, the spell naming convention is definitely takes some getting used to cause nothing's worse than getting a new spell. And it's like, it was ineffective. Fuck. That doesn't tell me shit about what it's supposed to do. Or, yeah, apparently there's like fire, ice, lightning, wind, EMP, holy, light, which is different, and dark, I think is all of them. And then, and then, um, like items are even worse because you can examine the item, but then it just tells you what the item looks like, 
Why even have that there as a thing I can do if you're not going to tell me what the item does? You're just going to tell me, oh, it's a pink flower. Go fuck yourself. Okay? Like, that is such a cock tease. I don't even, I don't even know where to start. Like, uh, I don't know. Like, to me, I shouldn't have to reference external material to know what a spell does, but I don't know. That I think it was just kind of, I don't know, maybe they're trying to save a little bit of data. Who knows? Well, it's a byproduct of it being old. That's kind of how most older games handle the situation. Like, yeah, you didn't really know. But they had better naming conventions. Like, you could understand what the hell the thing exactly. was by reading yeah. what the ability or the item was. You're like, oh, based on other games I've played in this genre... This is probably going to do that. Yeah, they wanted to be too different. Well, like Infernium, I know that's probably going to be fire. Or Frigida, I know that's probably going to be ice. Yeah, I guess. But, I mean, there are other ones. Like, those are obvious. But I'm talking about, like, there are definitely other ones that are way, way out there. Like, some of the techniques and stuff. It's just, I don't know. It was it was frustrating. Like, I just... Like I said, uh, I had to restart the game with Jillian time, so uh, I essentially had to beat it in a little over a week. So I kind of balls to the wall through a lot of this. So I know I missed. I know I didn't do all the hunts I should have done. I know I missed some of. There was optional material. I know I missed it. Um, but and you know, some would say that doesn't give me a fair understanding of everything there is to be in this game. But I think the gameplay itself was rudimentary enough that it's um that it doesn't need a lot of extra to get a full understanding of what it is i think it was very effective in giving me things to do and a challenge and so on and so forth that it wasn't but it wasn't a burden um to an extent i think it was um very well put together um, with some of course issues you know but then again I've uh, I've sort of made it my point to sort of find some flaws you know when we do these things I don't want to come in and think things are perfect I always want to try and say okay maybe we should have done this different um, maybe they should have done this different that would have worked better for audiences at the time based on what things um, people were doing around them because not only is the spell system clunky, but God, so is the equipment system. Please, for the love of Christ, every other game in the same generation can compare items at a shop. Why the fuck can't you? Like, it does me no good if I go into a place and it's like, oh, this is 90% of your Mesa, So, but it's new, I certainly hope it's better, and then you spend all that Mesa, and it's it's not. It's, it, it could actually be worse in some cases. And it's just there. I understand it is sort of an artifact of the time, but there are games of the time that were doing it. And yep. I want to believe it's because they were like trying to save space, which I can believe because they were already using the largest size cartridge they could with that generation. I think it was like, it was, it was like a 128 megabit cartridge, which was huge at the time and it, it cost double what the standard game did yeah back no, then. it was a very expensive game and um so i mean i i would like to believe in my brain of brains that they were having sort of memory issues but uh i i don't know i just 
due to some some things we'll talk about later in story and aesthetics and such that definitely they're um they had a lot of memory used in other facets of the game i just feel like you can put a simple thing in there to compare equipment at a store i mean how hard is that and i don't know i as even to just equip it from there like instead of having to go out to your menu to put oh, it on. that would also be great too so i mean it just i don't know as we've seen in these reviews i often find little mundane things that piss me off also um why make the talk button do anything when you're not actually next to a character like the number of times like I hit the wrong button and uh like some characters like oh there's nothing to do here like why that's that's a dragon warrior thing I guess I don't know like I, that was so bothersome like for the the one session I got up on Twitch I think it's still archived go watch the number of times that Alice is like we got to move we can't be here all day like shut the fuck up all right and like um, but for all that, you know, it did have, it was very good at telling me where to go next. I never once felt the need to reference a, a, a guide on where to go, because if you ever get lost, you can just go through your menu and you can listen to a small, like a, watch a brief conversation between your party members and they basically tell you where you're at, where you got to go. It's very, it was very good and very forward thinking about that as far as making sure you weren't lost. On where to go um you got teleportation really early which is nice um there was a lot of little um little things like that that i i also sort of pick the game up on its gameplay level for me um do you little guys, quality of life things yeah do you guys have anything else to add before for gameplay before we give it our scores um not really not off the top of my head i did there's a little thing that i just found amusing anyone else find shields to be completely useless um, I don't think, I think, no, no I double shielded, um, oh shit. The mages. The mages, Rune? yeah, you, yeah, you double shield the mages. And you just really? Put them, yeah, you just put them in the back and just let them have it. Because huh. all they're doing is casting spells anyway, and if you have a weapon on them, they got like maybe 50 attack, mm -hmm. like max, so they're like hitting for like 10 damage or some bullshit. If you double shield them, they'll be taking one damage from most attacks. Mm -hmm. so, not I didn't bad. think about that. Use turtle mage, man. Works every time. So, um, but the more you know, the more you know. But uh, I guess I've got one more thing to say about gameplay okay. is that um, most, I guess, RPGs, your characters kind of feel kind of cookie cutter. But this one, each character felt distinct, like in combat, like they all had okay. their different role to play, which I kind of appreciated. Yeah, yeah, that's. Um, especially one we'll talk about in story. Um, that was like the, oh God, like I saw that coming from a mile away. I'm like, okay, here's this guy who shows up and he's using all this dark magic. That can't be good. Um, but anyway, uh, for gameplay, what score did you give it, Nick? Um, I wouldn't give it a four. A four? Okay. Yeah, the, it felt... Like it felt like solid. It felt solid. The only like real issues I had with it were that you can't figure any fucking thing out, and it was like a bit of the, I guess the combat equations behind the scenes were a little too random and unforgiving for me at times. Mm -hmm. Like you try to string a combo together, and your one like the enemy that's slower than fucking molasses somehow miraculously goes in between your characters, and then it fucks up the combo. 
or like you've done your very best to go first before everything. Like I said, if the final boss just fucks you in the ass, and you're like, really? Okay, thanks. Um, I mean, it felt okay. Like it, there's nothing extremely bad about it. Okay, okay. And for me, I think it's um, to break this into things that worked for me and didn't work for me. Um, I liked sort of the customization of the macro system. I liked um, all the character, like the characters you got. Um, I liked sort of the combat flow. Um, some of the change of life things, uh, I mean, quality of life things worked really well for me, but the um, sometimes infuriating level of, of combat encounters, the um, sort of the necessity to set up macros to combat that, because there were times where I go like four steps at time after time after time and getting in combat. It was just infuriating and other small sort of weird issues as far as like equipment the 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 magic naming convention skill naming conventions stuff like that um you know sort of averages it out to a three for me um what about you glenn um i'm probably gonna go with the 3.5 ish um i don't know it felt very like standard fare but with like i said a few quality of life improvements that that did bring it up above the average but at the same time i just didn't feel like it was some super groundbreaking thing Mm -hmm. no i can agree and i i found that there were certain aspects of it that were groundbreaking and very forward thinking but then there were so many other parts of it that were behind the times especially it when it comes to interfacing with the player that um that sort of brought it back down um, cuz originally I was going to give it a 4 but then just overall frustration sort of brought it down a point for me um so uh, I feel I kind of feel like if you're a fan of the series this was made for you yes you already know everything that they had and, yeah, and I and I I agree entirely everything from in, in gameplay and in story um while you don't need to be a fan of the series to enjoy the game I felt like it was a very effective game standalone it just um there were a lot of things that were obviously fan service to previous fans in the series but like Glenn said this is part four in a three and a half part series um the third being related in the first fantasy star three being related in the first four timeline being a uh adjunct story um they're very connected so obviously they're going to call back to things that happened before and um as we'll talk about in story here in a second that um the first game sort of took these reoccurring themes and one two three and four and brought them back each time but gave them different set dressing i find really impressive and it makes me want to play the other two um so but give us um let's move into story give us a rundown on what the story in this game was nick all right so pretty much you uh you start the game off and you've got uh hold on i'm gonna take this off push to talk because it'll be a lot easier for me okay all right, so pretty much you start off the game, and you've got these two hunters from the Hunters Guild coming to this town, uh, this university city of Piata. Uh, they're there for a hunter's mission. Uh, they've been called to there by the principal of the university, and he's like, yo, we got some monster problem going down in the basement. I kind of need you to take care of it. So your characters are like, all right, let's do it. You head on down to the basement. You meet a researcher there who's kind of pacing back and forth at the entranceway. He's obviously in a, a panic, and... Um, 
your character stop and ask him what's going on. He's like, um, well, you know, I'm looking for my mentor, professor guy, and um, I, I need somebody to go help me find him. And there's all these monsters in the basement, and I want to go down there and explore, but I'm not strong enough. And Alice is like, hey, man, if you give me some macetas, you can come with us and uh, explore down there while we're taking care of the monsters. And he's like, ah, God damn it! All right, sure. So gives you macetas. You go down there, you take care of the monster infestation, you find out like they've been kind of growing these uh like breeding these like monster things that are like kind of like gross and disgusting looking not like typical monster fare it's like obviously like biochemical engineered mm-hmm. yeah like they've been doing some fucked up shit downstairs uh so they take care of all that stuff they go up and confront the principal he's like all right you got me uh, Zio told us to do this stuff and he told us not to tell anybody and everybody's like, Zio, I've heard that name before. Um, and then Han's like, hey, let's go find my mentor. And Alice is like, hey, fork over some more macetas and you can come with us. And this becomes a like a running gag for a little bit. Yes, and it gets, she was a it gets total more, bitch. It's like, more and more hilarious. Yeah, because uh, Han's face just gets more and more distraught every time she's like, uh, yeah, we'll do it for 4,000 macetas, 6,000 macetas. He's just like, okay. <laughs> Poor Han. Well, isn't there a point in the game where they basically said, had he just stood up for himself, she probably would have just let him go? Probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like, uh, one of the characters, he's like, hey, I'm coming with you whether you like it or not, and she doesn't charge him shit. Yeah. Like, right, yeah. She's just like, okay. But wasn't so, that Lutz, though? No, that's Grizz. Oh, it was Grizz. Okay, that's right. He's like, yo, I'm taking revenge on Zeo. I'm coming with y'all whether you want me to or not. And that's that. And Grizz, like, All Grizz right, was cool. my home owl, man. My and then home Han turns around and he's like, hey, can you help me? And then like, I was like, yeah, that'll be 4,000 percent. <laughs> wow, that's intense. So, um, Yeah, so uh, they head off and they go searching for the professor guy, um, Han's mentor. And they end up finding out that he like, turned the stone in this uh, Birth Valley place where the source of the monsters had been coming from and everything. Um, then uh, they find out that to un- get these guys unturned from stone, they need this special like uh, elixir. I can't remember what it's called, but they have to go looking for it. So they go down um, to a town that's a Matovian town of like these weird bird-looking people things. Yeah. Um, they get there, and it's freaking, it's been destroyed by you. Like, there's nothing left alive. Um, and as you enter the town, you kind of walk up and you see this person standing there. And your first thought is, is this the dude that destroyed this place? Is he hanging around gloating about it? Is this Zeo? And then he turns around and he's like, hey, my name is Ruin. And Alice is like getting super wet. She's like the fucking super yeah. dam over there. She's yeah. like, oh, God, Ruin, oh, I missed you so much. He's like, hey, babe, what's up? And Chaz is like, yo, dude, that's my woman. Get back up. And so they, that's when they, like, they start their first little... Uh, altercation and that becomes a running gag thing where rune is giving chaz shit all the time well to be fair chaz deserves all the shit he gets like i was so tired of chaz's bullshit by the time we got to the end of this game i was like this is the most worthless whiniest fucking protagonist since ever like even like titus gets redeemed at some point in that game becomes a badass fucking chaz is always just like this worthless little sack of child meat. I mean, in his defense, he's only 16. You can't... 
I think I had more. I think I had more bones in my body than he did at six. Than I. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, his background is that he's like this little hood rat going around robbing from people, and Alice finds him and is like, "Yo, you need to stop this shit." So I'm taking you to kill monsters, and you can either man up or die, and that's his whole background, pretty wow. much. Wow. So yeah, so he's got some codependency issues, I guess, on Alice. When she dies, he's like, uh, "Oh, spoiler! Oh, spoiler! You get ahead of yourself." Anyway. <laughs> anyway, um, so Ruin's like, "Oh, I know where to find that thing. We've got to go to this town over here." And Han's like, uh, "Can we just not go there? Because that's kind of my hometown." And I'm not supposed to be there because there's some shit going on. And so you go there and you find out that his parents um, kind of dislike the fact that he's a smart at, like a smart person and he's at a university yeah. doing things with his life. And he, they feel like he should be in the armor, armory, not the blacksmithy. Because like Brent has said, there's no fucking weapons there, but they're advertising weapons. Like they sell weapons that make the best weapons in this town, but there's no fucking weapon store. Oh my God. So it's an armory. I get Don't so get- mad. I was so mad. I was like, why are there no weapons here? This dude's telling me we sell the best weapons, and there are no weapons here. No weapons. Yeah, so uh, he argues with them. You find out he's got a fiance. Um, That sets up a joke later. So um, they're like, oh, you can find the thing up through this cave, but it's been blocked off because of something or another. So you go up there. Uh, you go to the blocked-off cave. Bruin u- uses his magic fly lie or something. I think that's how you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, "Holy shit! What's that? That's not a technique." He's like, "Yeah, it's real magic. It's real magic, bitches. Get on my level." And uh, you go through the cave. You go through this town, and you greeted to this most obnoxious music. It's oh. you're like you walk in. I walked in, and I'm like, "Let me walk I back need out." To my game. I need to take this in for a minute, and it's like circus music, sort of, but like. Yeah more obnoxious it's not even like catchy it's just like wow it's like boom yeah oh god it's terrible don't don't remind me um you go in you go talk to this the leader of the town or whatever and he asks you these questions and they're all kind of like oh well maybe i might want to know this information type of questions but if you say yes it's like they give he gives you the information that's the end of conversation what you have to do is just hit no 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 and eventually he's like hey you want to know alice's bus size and you're like fuck yeah and alice goes over and punches him in the face and he's like, oh, snap, Alice, I didn't know you were here. And she's like, you better stop giving my bus size out to people or I'm going to wreck your shit. Um, Ruin leaves the party. Um, this dude who named Grizz, who's a bird Ewok Matovian guy, actually lived in that town that was destroyed. And they, him and his little sister escaped and made their way up there, which I don't know how the hell they got through the, the cave that was blocked, but whatever. That, that's something that happened. Um, NPC magic. I guess so. Um, and he says, the thing you look, little medicine you're looking for is hidden in a bunker that's been abandoned. And so you go explore the bunker, uh, you get the medicine, you go um, back up, and Grizz is like, hey, so y'all are going to go fight Zeo? I'm coming along. And this is where Han's like, oh, well, let's, can you escort me to the town to unpetrify my mentor? And Alice is like, yeah, just give us 2,000 more Meseta or however much. And he's like, God damn it, I'm going to be broke after this, aren't I? So then you go um, to the town where all the petrified people are. You unpetrify everybody. Um, and you fight another one of those monster things that you fought at the very beginning of the game, the first boss. Um, but at this point in the game, you're so, so stronger that you shouldn't have any kind of problems with it. So you unpetrify the professor. You go through a bio plant. And then... Um, I think you meet Demi. Demi here? No, I thought you. I thought you get Rika before you get Demi. 
Is that it? The oh, maybe, maybe. Yeah, you get check. Yeah. The 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 one that got like genetically engineered or something like that. Yeah, that's yeah. okay. Yeah, so Rico, you go inside this bio yeah, plant, and you find out there's an AI there named Seed, and he was supposed to be controlling all of the uh, the kind of like environmental state, systems. Yeah, the environmental systems on the on the planet that kind of keeps everything in check. But because of what so, Zeo's been doing, they've all kind of been going into disrepair. And that's where all the monsters and everything are coming from. So what you're saying? I was going to just do a little side note that um, this is the same planet that Fancy Star 2 was on. And back then, it was like this super pastoral, lots of green and forest and whatnot. And then a thousand years later, for 4, everything is pretty much all desert now because of the environmental systems failing. Yep. Um, yeah, so, uh, Seed's like, hey, this is my daughter, take her with you, I've taught her everything I know, she'll help you defeat Zeo, and y'all leave, and Seed self-destructs, and blows himself up, and everybody's like, oh, shit, and then they kind of quickly forget about it, um, you go, and... That's something I'd like to say real quick about the story in this game, there are a lot of things that are very convenient, like and we'll get to that uh, after a certain crash landing coming up. That it was awfully convenient that there was an alternate ship nearby. Just yeah, sand. But continue. Um. Yeah. So you make your way through. Oh, you don't go through anything else. You kind of just walk around. There was a bridge that was broken before. Um. Like if you had gone to this area before, I did. I was exploring, and the bridge is broken. But you come back now, and magically it's repaired. I don't know how it got fixed, but you cross over this bridge to a northern continent. Um, there's a couple of, like, there's a town you can go into, and there's, like, this weird wreckage-looking place that you can go and explore. It's, you, it's plays no part in the story, um, so you can skip it if you want. It's completely optional, but it's a good source of, like, some equipment and, uh, some experience. Um, then you go, continue on to I, Ido, I, I guess it's Ido, the hometown of the Hunter's Guild, where Chaz and Alice are from. Um... You do stuff there. You can get some quests if you want to do them. Um, but you have to ultimately leave town, go through this north passage. You kind of go through some cave, and you end up near Zeo's fort, where there's a town there, where Zeo has been kind of cultivating this religion. Um, be, everybody thinks it's about Zeo, worshipping Zeo, but he's got this dark force, this dark power that he's worshipping. And he's kind of convincing people to worship it uh, through him. Um, and they all are kind of hoping for the destruction of the world. That's their whole, that's okay. their end game. Doomsday cult. Got it. Um, so you go to the town. Um, everybody's freaking out. All pretty much zombified, uh, like worshipy cult status. Um, you can rush there. That's fine. You go out and you finally attack the fort. Um, as soon as you enter the fort, you notice this kind of like blue barrier thing that you can't go through and everybody's like oh it's like a magic barrier I guess we'll just have to go around it um, and you learned from C that um, earlier that Zeo had kidnapped Demi who is the AI android thing mm-hmm. um, that can actually fix the environmental control systems so you need to save her to save Batovia or so you think so that's your mission you're going to go save her and take out Zeo in the process if you can you fight your way through the fort you find Demi chained to a wall. You go to free her, and surprise, Zeo appears. Um, you get into a fight, and you can't do any damage to him at all. And he like conjures the dark force behind him, 
then finds out this like black magic wave thing at Chaz. And Alice, being the smart gal that she is, jumps in front of the blast and takes the hit for Chaz. Uh, it ends the battle, and uh, everybody's freaking out because Alice is dying. So y'all escape with Demi um, and get back to Han's hometown, and where they kind of force him to take care of her. He's like, yo, let me come with you. And they're like, nah, it's too dangerous. Do you have a fiancé? And you're kind of like a medical guy, and we need you to watch her while we go figure out how to cure this problem. And everybody's trying to figure out what's going on. So it's like, oh, Rune might know. Let's go find Rune. Um, so you go and find Rune. I think that's like your quest. Um, somebody, like you go... I can't um, remember how you find out, but somebody tells you that he's like at la- this tower place. Okay. Oh, I remember what it is. Um, the last place you knew where he was was where Grizz was from. So you yeah. go there and you talk. You you find out that he left. And he went to this tower thing because there's something there that he's trying to find. Um, so you go there. You find Rune midway up the tower, and you learn that you there's a psycho wand thing at the very top of the tower, which will dispel the ward that Zio has in his fort. And also should hopefully dispel the um, black magic pulse wave thing that's infecting Alice because you can't nobody can heal her because it's magically induced um, like a wound mm-hmm. and this psycho wand should hopefully clean that. So you, you go up, you fight some um, of one of Zio's underlings, you get the psycho wand, and you go back to the town. And right as soon as you arrive, Alice is like, "Oh no, it's too late." Uh, she passes away. Everybody freaks out, like, oh my god, what's going on? And everybody's like, fuck it, we gotta get revenge. Let's go kill Zio. So, you go back to Zio's fort, you break down the barrier, Arun does, you go in, you go and fight Zio. You kill Zio, and then you learn that that's not going to fix the problem on Motovia, because this spaceport that controls all of the, I think, the environmental things is actually under attack, and or something's going on with it, so you have to go investigate that. And conveniently, Demi is like, "Oh, hey, there's actually a spaceport right next to the Zeo's Fort thing, and you can take a spaceship up to the satellite and see what's going on out there." So y'all go, y'all take the um, the spaceship up to the satellite. You meet Ren, who is another android who's responsible for watching over the um, satellite. I will say and- the androids in this game are pretty rad. Like Ren is a beast. He's beast sauce. All right, he just takes all the hits. And he's, he's even tankier than the tank is supposed to be. Yeah, no. Like he's... you think Riz is supposed to be the tank, but he's more no. of like a barbarian warrior type deal. Yeah, no. Fucking Ren is Ren is tanky McTankerstein. So you get um, you get him, and he's like, hey, um, this is not ninety eight like, years old and that kind of shit. It was like nine hundred ninety eight. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember what exactly if it's like something in the space satellite thing that's going wrong, you have to fix it or what, but you get um you get back on the spaceship and you're flying somewhere else for some reason. And then all of a sudden like mid flight alarm comes up and you're being sabotaged. Somehow one of Dark Force's agents has gotten on the ship and they fucked with the engine and you have to kill them. Was it before or after this point that you find out that, um, like, what Dark Force is? I think it's after, right? Yeah, it's like, as far as you know, Dark Force at this point is just some kind of evil being. 
Okay. Um, that's trying to destroy everything. Got like, it. I don't think you know exactly what it is, okay. but you know that it's trying to fuck shit up, and you think you kill it, or something like that. Oh, oh no! You find out that he's in this spaceport, like this other space station that you have to go to. That's actually controlling everything. So you okay. have to go there and ruin it. That's why you're trying to. That's where you're trying to go when you get sabotaged. Got it. Got it. Thank. And then you crash land on this ice planet, and when you get there, you end up destroying this temple that um this the zolan I, I don't know if he's like the, the bishop of the temple or who he what exactly his status is yeah i think um, it's, it's his temple though i think yeah i don't know he's just like the smart ass wisecracking oh, no. i love this alien. guy this guy was my favorite he's like oh, like puns out the ass it's like he's my favorite uh oh man what were those green guys called in dragon ball z namek namek yeah he was my favorite namek he's my favorite namek Okay, you just call like, them Namix? He just looks like Namix. They, they all look like Namix. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so he joined your party because he's like, yo, space dudes, what's this? Let me come with you. And uh, It's like, it's raining machines. My, my fucking temple's destroyed. Oh, well, I guess I'm partying with you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he is like the best healer you'll get in the game. Oh, God, yeah. So when I ended he, up picking him for my final party. But when, when he went away for a while, I was so mad. I'm like, oh, now how am I going to keep everybody alive? <sighs> so sad bad it's bad he's amazing oh um i guess i forgot to mention that after uh like alice dies you lose grizz demi and han like so you've got just rika and Chaz, and then you recruit ren so you your party is like oh ren ruin so you've got ren ruin Chaz, and rika and then you get raja so he kind of completes your party again yeah um so then you explore dizolus you end up what you're looking for is another space spaceship so you kind of just explore around and you end up finding out that there is one somewhere like two towns over was that it's like two towns over yeah and it's like i can't remember exactly what's going on but there's this giant like gravestone and you like you just touch it and it opens up and underneath the spaceport and how nobody ever ever figured that out is beyond me but like i said convenient that's there um, so you get there, you, you fly to the actual space station you're supposed to be going to, um, and you end up exploring it, and you figure out that Dark Force is, has attached itself to the systems, and is, that's what he's causing all the malfunctions in Matovia and why everything's fucking up. So you defeat him. Uh, you go back down to the Zolus because um, Raja has said that there's some kind of disease spreading everywhere, and the snowstorm that's kind of going on has been going on for a while, and nobody really knows what it where it came from, but y'all should probably fix that problem. Um, so you agree to, you go there. Um, first thing you do is you go to a climate control center because you figure, hey, the climate control station's messed up. That's got to be the problem. But Raja is like, no. I've told you before, it's this tower thing that's been fucking up. Like, ever, some, ever since something happened there, that's when everything's gone to shit. And everybody's like, haha, Raja, what are you talking about? We know what we're doing, all right? I'm a thousand-year-old android. Trust me. I'm a so, 15-year-old child. You're just a, yeah. a quippy green alien. Don't tell me what my so, business is. But you live here. What the hell do you, would you know about the problems exactly. of this place? Come on. Please. Uh, so you go to the climate control center. You get attacked immediately by this like big monster thing. and Everybody's like, oh, snap. There's minions of Dark Force here. Or it's like monsters or whatever. Obviously, this is where the problem is. So you get to the end. You... Fight, um, you fight some guy, and he's like, ha-ha, this was a trap. And you're like, god damn it. And so you realize there's nothing wrong at the climate control center, and Raja's like, I told you, it's at the tower. 
Um, so you're like, all right, we'll, we'll investigate this tower. Uh, you go to this town, passing by this other town that's been zombified. Like, if you take a step in there, you're immediately attacked by four zombies. And uh, you can kill them, run away, whatever, but there's nothing you can do in this town. Um, you go to this other town, and you find out there's a plague sweeping the town. And um, as soon as you walk into this kind of, like, hotel that's been converted to a clinic, Raja passes out, and he's been infected. So you lose Raja. No. But you also conveniently find out that, hey, one of the people called the Espers that have been sent from this mansion called the Esper Mansion that are healing, or not healing, but trying to extend the lifespan of the infected people, has run away. You need to go save her because she's run to the, the tower and you, she's trying to fix the problem. So you go up and the first thing that happens is you notice there's these, this weird looking decayed forest that you go into. <laughs> And surprise, it's carnivorous trees. And oh, that you- was amazing. I was like, carnivorous trees? That's so cool. But anyway. It's, it's cool until you get into the fight and you realize you can't win. Yeah, I know. So you kill one and it instantly respawns. Like, I tried being tricky and getting them all to like low health and then killing them all at the same time, but that didn't do anything. No. So I'm like, let me run away. And the game actually follows that plot line where you run away and Chaz is like, oh shit, they keep coming. Let's run away. Which I thought was a nice little tidbit. Um, so you end up finding Kyra, who's the Esper chick who wanted to go and, explore uh, the tower. Espers are the they're the people that can use magic, essentially, right? Um, well, they're people from a certain planet, but they all can use magic, right? Well, I think that they they're just people that are able to use magic. Like I thought they were. I don't know. Like, but, yeah. I don't think they're like a specific race or anything because I think somewhere in there I remember reading that they were taught how to use magic. Like, because okay. the difference between text and magic are that it, the magic existed first. And then, yeah, no, I um, got you. People were trying to figure out how to use magic without needing all the training. So yeah. they kind of found shortcuts. And so texts are kind of the shortcuts to magic um, or techniques or the shortcuts to magic. So because techniques became so much easier to use and learn that the the capabilities for learning and retaining magic slowly became forgotten. Mm-hmm. So I think the espers are just people who retain that tradition and are able to use magic because they remember how to find out or figure it out kind of thing. Gotcha. gotcha. Um, so you learn that you have to get this special torch thing. Like you make your way to the Esper mansion because she's like, Oh, uh, Lutz, He's been there for 2,000 years. He defeated the dark energy thing before, and he'll know how to get into the tower. So you go there, you go to Lutz's room, and he's not there. And then you learn that Rune is actually Lutz reincarnated. Yep. And every, like, 1,000 years or something like that, like, so many generations, he's got, he becomes reincarnated in, into another body, and he And learns- this, is, this is one of those story hits that's very well, important for people that were fans of the first two games. Mm-hmm. Like not so much for like as a player that I've only played four. You're like, okay, all right, I guess that's cool. But like, if you had played the first two, you're like, what? <gasps> I'm assuming you figured out though, because Lutz always has blue hair and Rune has blue hair. Yeah, you you should have so. known, but yeah. Um. Yeah. So he's like, yeah. So I'm Lutz reincarnated, and I chose you guys to help me fight Dark Horse or blah blah blah. And we need the. Um, some kind of flame. I can't remember what it's called, but we need the special flame to burn down the carnivorous trees, and then we'll be able to get in the tower. And I'm like, why the hell didn't you just say that before we get to the carnivorous trees? That would have saved so much time. You'd yeah. Like, oh, we can actually fight these trees. Let's go get this thing first. Yeah, he's an idiot. Instead of like, 
oh, let's let us figure it out by ourselves or whatever. So anyway, you go, um, like by this time you've got this like snow digger thing that lets you go and crush snow across the planet. Yeah, I see. And you go to this new town and um, you can heal there. Nothing special happens there. But the top right of it, there's like this giant temple. It's like Gumbius Temple or something. Um, you go inside and that's where the Eclipse Torch, that's what it's called, um, is. And the bishop there or the head priest is like, oh, I understand you need this thing to help fix the problem, but it's a special treasure and I can't just give it to you. And Meanwhile, while he's arguing with you, um, Dark Forces minions kind of teleport into the room. They steal the eclipse torch and they taunt you the whole time like nah 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 we're gonna get the eclipse torch and you have to follow us into space to get it blah 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 and you're just like what okay all right sure this is happening let's do it and chad is like hey man if we get this back can we pretty please borrow it whereas if i was in chad's situation i'm like hey man i'm gonna get this little torch back and then i'm using it and if you get it back then so be it but uh <laughs> Yeah, that's that's what's happening right now. Yeah, but the prior priest is like, "Oh, yeah, no, that's perfectly fine." It was. I see now that it was our error that we didn't trust you enough with it, and that's why it got taken away. I'm like, no, because you're an asshole. Yep, that's exactly. That's why right. it got taken. You're, you're a cunt bag. If you just listened to me, we wouldn't have this problem. But. So then, you have to go back to the space fort and fly to Air Castle, which is the longest dungeon in the game. Oh, is it long? And it feels like the longest dungeon in the game. It feels like the longest dungeon, like. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Luckily, there are regen points throughout the place, so you don't have to leave and regen. Like, go to, like the walkthrough I read, it was always like, oh, you're about to fight the boss, so if you want to go back and heal, this would be not, that, that would be the best time to do it. I'm like, I just fucking wasted an hour getting here. Why am I going to leave, Yeah. go heal, and then come back? Like, I didn't burn that many resources. I will, I will quick save, and if I fuck up, then I'll go heal, but let me just do this, and then, well, like every single time, it was perfectly fine. So, not a big video. Um. Anyway, you go in there, you kill the three dudes that are uh like that stole it, and then you find out that they were just kind of minions, and there's just like big bad there in the castle named Lashik, I think was his name. Um, and he's like Lutz's arch enemy, and he's been waiting for Lutz to come back so he can trap him in this castle for all eternity. Like he's been captured in this castle because he works for Dark Force, and his master wants everybody to suffer and blah blah blah. And he talks all this shit, but then you like you beat his ass. I can't jump change, and he's like, "Oh no, how did you defeat me? But I'll be reincarnated again." And this is where I will like, get you, Lutz. Like Rika's a baller. She's like, "That shit's mine, dog." Before you, yeah, can he's like, "Oh." You you can't get the torch. I'm going to destroy it before you can get it. And Rika's like, yeah, no. Jumps up above his head, grabs the torch out of his hand, and call so, it, you call it a day. The, so now? the air castle suffers from the boss died. Now I'm going to disintegrate yeah. um, syndrome. And so you have to get out of there before the castle explodes. So you do. And then as you're flying away in your spaceship, it blows up to a million bitty pieces or whatever. You get back to Dizolus, you go to the carnivorous trees, you burn them down, you climb up this menacing tower where you walk inside and everything looks alive, like it's made, like it's a living organic creature. And there's like weird things like gels and green vines and like all kinds of weird shit, like giant eyeballs that you have to interact with kind of everywhere. Um, but you make it to the top and surprise, there's Dark Force. So you fight Dark Force again. Uh, this is your second encounter with him, I believe. Um, yes, and this model looks awesome. 
It's like a scorpion thing, right? I, I love. Yeah, it's like Spider Force. That's all I always call. Oh, that's right, Spider Force. I think he's got way more than eight legs, but still, he looked rad. Yeah, they do a good job with his design. Yeah, but we'll get so. to that in art. But continue. Um. So anyway, you kill Dark Force. Kara's like, "Hey, great! You've solved the problem. It was nice working with you." And calls, tells Chaz that she thinks of him as a little brother. And he's like, "Are you kidding me right now?" Ah. Because I guess he wanted some of that, but whatever. Um, you go back to oh, yeah. After all this happens, um, the you see a giant like freaking fire explosion in the in the distance, and everybody's like, "Oh crap, that's where Gumbia's temple is." So you go back there, and there's a giant hole there where the temple used to be. You go inside, and there's a bishop that you talk to, and he's like, "Hey, this was." Meant to happen. There's oh, this is where you find out what what the what the darkness, uh, what dark force is. Yes, it's the ex- it's the extension of the profound darkness, which was. It's um, like the embodiment of like hatred. Right? Yeah, and later on, like you don't exactly find out the origin story just yet, but that's you find out that's what it's called. Like it's okay. the profound darkness. There's all this evil, and it's trying to escape from its prison, and the whole solar system is a seal that keeps them locked in another dimension or something like that. So you're like, oh, that's not good. We need to go find something. Oh, and he's like, there's some old legend where Rykos Rykos will will emerge, and the heroes will find it um, every thousand years. And everybody's like, well, what the hell? What is this about? And Lutz, um, Rune, with his memories from Lutz, is like, oh, well, old Lutz locked this thing called the Arrow Prism away at a soldier's temple back in Motovia, so let's go get it, and that should show us the way to Rikros. So you go back to Motovia, you go to this soldier's temple, and at the entrance, there's this archaeologist randomly there. You have yeah. no idea how he got there. There's no boat, because you had to specifically go get a new boat from Demi. Um, like the hydrofoil, and it's like this air cruiser thing that flies over water. Uh, and you get over there, and he's like, "Hey, you mind if I tag along? I'm an archaeologist, and I'm this not was suspicious Seth, at all. right? Yes, yeah. Seth. Okay. So he's like, "Yeah, um, I'm just exploring this place, you know, looking for stuff, and there's monsters. So let me tag along." And everybody's like, "Hey, the more the merrier. This isn't suspicious." So you go inside, you make your way to the dungeon, and the whole time he's like, "Man, you guys are strong." Like, yeah, not to mention it, he's using incredibly dark magic. Mm-hmm. Like, like. All the spells you've seen Dark Force use, sort of like corrosion, like death spells, like mind muddling spells, the whole gambit. And he's just like casting them willy nilly. He's like, I'm not really that strong, but you know, I've got my skills. And everybody's like, oh man, blah, blah. So the whole time Chaz is talking up his shit, like, yeah, man, you could be as strong as us if you train. And Rika's like, uh, when do you train? And it's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, but you make your way through and you find the arrow prism. Um, you get outside, and Seth like screams in agony, and his body just rips apart, and he disintegrates. And yeah, he turns into Baraka Force. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry. Everybody's like, "Oh my god, I did not expect that to happen." Dark Force was masquerading as a human, and so you fight Dark Force again. And I think this is the last time you fight Dark Force. Yeah. Um, and then you use the arrow prism, and it kind of shoots this beam of light. Oh no! You use the arrow prism first, and you fight Dark Force, and everybody's like, "Oh no." Dark Force relayed the location of Rikros to the whole Dark Army place thing. And they're probably going to be there before we get there. So you got to hurry up and get there. So you get back on the spaceship, and you just fly into nothingness. Like, you can't, there's nothing going on. You're heading into just outer space, 
nothing going on. Ren's like, hey, if we keep flying like this, we're going to leave the solar system, and that's not good. Everybody's like, no, we got to stay the course. That's where we got to go. we got to keep going. And then all of a sudden, this green planet appears out of nowhere. And everyone's like, wow, didn't expect that. So you land there. And you land in this, like, silence temple. And you kind of walk down. And this, like, you stand on this weird platform thing. And the whole screen goes back. And this, like, galaxy thing appears in the background. And he's like, I am LaRouf. And I'm like, LaRouf? You couldn't can't think of a better name? Okay. Well, I called this entire planet the Protoss planet. Everything here looked like Protoss to me. Just, that's personal. Really? It was all like rocks and shit. Now that you mentioned it, yeah. It's all very orby and sort of like crystally. It's like, need more pylons, but continue. Okay. I can see that. Um, so he's like, he explains the background. He's like, alright, so there was two forces in the generation into the universe, and they fought endlessly, and eventually one side won, and that side we call the light. Um, and it banished the profound darkness, which was the other side, into another dimension, and then created the Algo solar system to act as a seal to keep the profound darkness inside, and every thousand years, it weakens enough for him to slip a little piece of himself through, and that's the dark force that you've been fighting, and everybody's been fighting every thousand years, and it managed to, a thousand years ago, destroy Parma, and weaken the seal enough that it could kind of get more of its body through this this time around, and you have to end it for good, or else the destruction of the solar system is guaranteed. And everybody's like, great. Um, and then he's like, but before I can welcome you as protectors and give you the ability to actually destroy the profound darkness, I need to test you. And you have to go up these towers and fight the guardians up there, and once you beat them, then you'll be considered protectors. So you go up the strength tower and then you go up the courage tower and every time you get to the top of both of them like you see these minions of darkness fighting these like flame things and the flame things easily dispatch the minions of darkness and then they're like oh you're the people that LaRouf sent over here let me test you and you fight them and they're like oh great you're the protector people so you beat them both you go back and LaRouf's like all right great you did great did you uh did you go to the third tower um that's after you get the sword okay so you have to, like, you go there, and he's like, all right, um, you're the protectors, blah, blah, blah. And after you, you defeated each of these protectors, they gave you, like, chests that you had open up, and each one of them had these rings in them. Um, and there's, like, one for each of the planets. And the roof tells you that these rings will protect you from the profound darkness's dimension, and that way you won't die or suffer any problems while you're in there. And there's only five, so that... There's one for each of the four characters you have with you, and then you, you have one more for one other character, but that kind of doesn't come into play just yet. Um, you fly back to um, Dezolus because Rune's like, hey, now that, you've got, now that we've got these rings, we need an actual weapon to fight the Profound Darkness, and I know just the one. And meanwhile, Chaz is being kind of emo bitch. He's like, you know what? I didn't agree to this. I didn't agree to help destroy the Profound Darkness, and I feel like I'm being controlled, just like Zeo was being controlled by dark force and you know i just don't this doesn't sit well with me and the ruins like you know man we picked you for this and you're the one that can do this and maybe when we get you the sword you'll you'll understand so you go back to let this room back on the zolas and the esper mansion you go he opens up this like hidden path in the back room and Chaz goes in by himself and he goes up to the statue of the first alice i think that was her that's her name if i remember properly and she's the heroine from the first game fantasy star one and in her, it's a statue. In her hands is the Elcidian? Lys? Uh, yeah, it's got a terrible name. Like 
Um, and it's like the magical power sword that'll defeat the profound darkness. And she's like, as soon as he grabs it, he sees flashbacks of every previous hero who wielded the blade and how they defeated dark force and all that kind of crap. And then you hear his voice from somewhere that's like, oh, just by proof of you receiving these memories, we know you're the chosen one and you can win the battle or whatever. So he leaves with the sword and he's like, oh yeah, I'm motivated. Let's do this. Suddenly. So, um, as you go back to the spaceport, you see Raja and Kyra, and they're like, oh, let us come with you, we'll, we're all better now, and everything will be great. So then you go back to Matovia, um, and then you see Han, Grizz, and shit, who's the other person? Demi. Demi, that's right. Female and they're like, Yeah. They're like, alright, let's, let's do this, let's kick Profound Darkness's ass, because... While you're on the planet, like you got a, a message from Demi, and she's like, "Yo, shit just hit the fan." There's like this giant hole in the ground on Matovia, and all this like evil energy, black pulse wave crap is coming out. And uh, you only need to get back here and fix the problem. So you go there. That's the reason you're going there. But once you get the sword, if you go back to Rykros, you can actually get the ultimate spell for Chaz Megid, and that involves you going up the third tower. And when you get to the top, um, you fight a clone of Alice. And she's easy to fight or beat, not a big deal. But as soon as you kill her, like this kind of another one of the guardians appears, and he's like, "Oh, I see you're upset. Why are you up? Why are you so mad?" Blah blah. And he's like, "I can give you. I can channel your anger into a powerful force that will defeat your enemies. And you have a choice between saying yes or no. If you choose yes, he's like, you're not mature enough to wield this power. And then you have to fight him, and he's an unwinnable fight, and you will get game over. Yeah. You have to say no, and he's like, oh." I see that even though you fought your old mentor and you're conflicted, you're strong enough to know that hatred is not always the answer and you can use this power without being like twisted by it. So here you go, ultimate spell, Megid. There you go, that's how you get it. Um, you go back to Matovia, then you pick your fifth party, party member, and then you can go fight the final boss. Now, the walkthrough I used recommended like leveling up a lot, but I just like, I was, it was like four in the morning last night, and I'm like, I'm, I'm done. Like, I've got six hours before I got to do the show, or I thought we had to. So I'm like, all right, let me finish this shit, and then I'll call it a night. So I went there, you go into this giant hole in the ground, and you go through this, like, weird alternate dimension type thing. It's like, all the other dungeons were kind of easy to get lost in sometimes, but this one's kind of a straightforward thing. You walk a path, you go through a teleporter, you walk through another path, you go through a teleporter, and then you get to the end. And you fight the profound darkness. And uh, you either win or you don't, and then that's the end of the game, and you get kind of a happy ending thing, and that's that. Yep. Um, it, it The ending was a bit of a disappointment to me, because it's just like, okay, now we're just going to go shop at Abercrombie & Fitch, get our fucking sweaters, and chill out on a fucking... Well, I found it, I kind of felt bad for Chaz, because... Everybody's like, all right, the battle's done. We're going to go home. And even Rika, who I've been crushing on, even though it's not been like hinted at at all during the storyline that they've been crushing on each other. Like he, she leaves on the spaceship and then like she changes her mind and jumps out of it and he catches her and they live happily ever after. And I'm like, okay, sure. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. And the final boss was pretty cool. Like it was weird that the final form was a chick though. Um, I don't know what to think about that. Also, like the root of all evil. Yeah, well, let's not really go into the women being the root of all evil. That's not very good. That's going to take us to a bad place. It's, it's jokes. It's jokes. I get it. I get it. it's jokes, but people take that shit seriously. I don't need fucking a sawed-off penis in my mailbox. Um, but yeah. So what did 
since you gave us the glorious recap, you give us your score. What'd you think of the story, man? Um, I'll give it a four because it felt like it felt like it flowed well enough. Like there was no awkward stops for me. Like there was nothing like, oh, well, we just did something and there was kind of like a definite end and then surprise, something else is going on, let's do it. It was all yeah. kind of like it felt like a float sort of. Mm-hmm. And I kind of got some of the references. Like even if you didn't understand any of the references, it didn't impact the story in any meaningful way. It was just kind of like a nice Easter egg kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I felt like mm, some of the characters were fleshed out well enough i like their personalities like grizz he was non-existent han i liked him and his interactions with alice and everything um chaz is kind of a bitch rika which is kind of there um raja was probably my favorite character by far uh ren had this whole like stoic like yeah i know what i'm doing thing going on which is okay kara just kind of felt like she was there um rune i liked rune and the chaz interactions i liked rune as a character like being an yeah. asshole like i guess it's just my my preferred character type, I don't know, but I liked him. Um, and like the whole, there's like some false, like false ending things there. Like you think Zio is going to be the end game boss. Yeah, sort they of fake you out not once but twice. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of cool. Like, because most games they make it either they make it known from the very beginning that this is the particular boss you're fighting, or they they, they do set what you up the with final a strong. F- I do the Final Fantasy boss, uh, in boss where you you do fight the last, which you've been told the entire game is the last boss, and then boom, there's some other guy you never even known about, and that's the final boss that you have to fight. Exactly, like they at least give you build up and some like reasoning for fighting the final boss in this game. Like, like you don't interact with it except for fighting it, but you understand why you're fighting it as yeah. opposed to, oh shit, we just killed what we thought was the final boss, and here's this world-ending evil thing that somehow just miraculously is there and we gotta kill it now. Like, okay. I agree. Um, Glenn, what did you give the story? Um, I'm probably gonna go with a 3.5 as well because, I mean, overall, the story was very much the standard go get the plot coupon, go talk to the plot person, go save the world. Like, it was overall very, very straightforward. But I really liked how they weaved in the not-quite-sci-fi aspects into it. I liked a lot of the characters. Um, I don't know. Uh, that, that's pretty much sums up my thoughts on it. Yeah, um, I'm going to give it a four. Things that worked for me and things that didn't work for me. Um, I liked the cast of characters. I thought most of them were developed enough or played an important enough of a role for me to use them. Um I liked, like Glenn said, the interweaving of fantasy and sci-fi. I liked the overarching theme of the final, like this darkness. Um, I liked that they killed the character. That always works. And I thought it was an effective scene when she died. Um, I didn't think it was bad in any way. Um, Things that didn't work for me, it was overly fetchy. Um, Sometimes uh, disguised poorly. Granted, all all um, RPGs are kind of fetchy, right? Like, a quest is just simply getting a thing, right? Almost always. Kill- killing a thing or getting a thing. And there were just times where it felt um, not very well disguised. Like, uh, for the owl people, they're uh, they're like, oh, we can tell you where the, the, the curative medicine is, but you gotta help us with our, our, our basement problem first, you know? Um, stuff like that was not 
overly um, like disguised well. And it felt like every time I turned around, somebody wanted me to prove my worth to them. And that's that that wears on me a little bit as a um, storytelling uh, trope. So um, so overall, I give it a four Um, above average, but nothing not perfect. Um, So moving on to artwork and before we do anything else, I can't believe we made it this far without fucking talking about the amazing cutscenes in this game. Like every time people talked, it was just what this is so cool. Like. Like the panels come in and like there's all this anime shit going. Oh, it was so cool. And you guys can't say it wasn't. The shit was It was awesome. like reading a manga at times. It was awesome. Um and I, I guess that's what ended up taking up most of the memory for this game as a reason they had to cut corners on a lot of things because they had these very, very cinematic, very, very animated things. Um you know, you look at other games of the era and essentially, you know, you if you had come back to the town with the thing that unstones everybody, you know, they would have bounced and moved around and did all that weird shit. But no, we got this boom, 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 boom. People breaking on the stone, like background change, music change. It's a very cinematic experience. And I dug every last minute of it. And the only thing that keeps it from getting a five from me is the overworld um, sort of when you're not in combat or a cutscene. I thought that stuff could have been a little better. So for me, a four and a half. Nick, what say you? Uh, I'm going to give it a four and a half as well. Um, I agree with you. The like the little cutscene cinematic things they had going on, I was extremely surprised with and the first time I saw it, I was like, holy shit, this is, this is unique. This is definitely something I've never seen before. Yeah. Um, and the in-combat stuff oh, is God, phenomenal. Yes. Monster like, sprites. That stuff holds up. This game is old, and it holds up. Like, at no point other than when I was talking about that, uh, like, the overworld stuff, it, it holds up. It just completely holds up. Yeah, I enjoyed, like, everything had a little different anima- animation going towards it. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though it had multiple... If they had multiple attacks, they kind of did multiple animations, which I thought was cool. And the most, I guess, the thing that caught me off guard the most was typically in um, a game where you have this kind of view where it's a first-person view behind your characters, and they're looking at the enemies. Like, you do an attack, and you don't physically see anything happening. Like, maybe you see, like, a sword swipe on, on the monster or, like, a bullet projectile animation but you physically see your characters interacting with the creatures on the screen. And I was like, wow, this is pretty fucking awesome. Like, I wish more games did something like that. No, it's... Um, it's but and I will agree, the only thing marring the experience is the overworld thing. Like, the characters... Like, everything else is so detailed, but then you have your characters, like, just walking around, and they're, like, three or four color palette, maybe. Yeah. And it's, like, super bland looking, and they all look the same like the heights are a little bit different but they all have the same body type they've all got the same like just like the look same looking sprite just different colored and it kind of just it's just weird yeah it, it sort of marred it um so four and a half from you glenn what say the um i'm kind of torn between a four and a four and a half i really did like the sprites i like the backgrounds character designs everything looked really really good um I mean, I'm, I'm going to have to go with a four and a half as well. I, I, I liked it. What do you think about the uh, in-combat stuff? 
decent. Decent. Yeah. That shit was amazing, dog. That's fine. Um, but yeah, art like there's we could uh, there's it's all good enough to the point where it's not we've we've set our piece, you know. Like the in combat stuff holds up amazingly. It's like if I were to have to compare it with other 16-bit generation games, this is probably one of the best-looking ones as far as in combat um, goes. Like it, it, it just is. I don't know. It's just good. I mean, I don't know how else to explain it. So definitely um, the best part about the game. Yep. Um, moving on, music. I'll start off. Um, while it had its moments, just as Soikiden had its moments, and uh, other games we've played have had their moments. I thought some of the soundtracks in this game were rad. Like to this day, like that fucking that that in boss number was just like like that that heavy bass line and just like the the very sort of like rock and roll feel you got from a lot of the the music in this game was great. That being said, some of the sound effects were shite. Some of the um, town music was shite. So um. I'm going to give it a four, which is probably higher than I should. But um, I found a couple of the the tunes really kind of stuck with me. So um, it's it's getting a solid four from me. What about you, Glenn? Honestly, half the time I was playing it, I kind of wanted to just turn off the music and go play my own. Um, while some of the tunes were catchy, the vast majority of them, at least in my opinion, were very meh. And some of them were just downright bad. So I'm going to have to give it a two. All right, Nick. I will give it a three because I felt like both of y'all that there was great stuff and then there was terrible stuff. And um, I found myself wanting to kill myself with certain songs. And then other songs, I was like, damn, I wish I had this saved on my computer and I would listen to it all the time exactly um the sound effects like you said are hit or miss like some seem pretty spot on and then some of them are just kind of like that doesn't like, feel like boop, that goes boop, with boop. that if i heard but, fucking okay. boop 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 spell one more time oh my god i was mm-hmm. like what is yeah, that reuse, sound they reuse a lot of stuff and yeah. like that's pretty much it like when it when they've when they've got good sound like good sound going it fits the mood it fits what's going on and then they've got the shit that is just so off the wall that you're like, who approved this? Like, I don't understand, like how there's such a clash um, between the like uh, the sound is, um, aesthetic going on. Yeah, it's it's very sort of like I can tell they were trying to like match um, sort of places with certain feelings from the music, but I think they just missed their mark on a couple of them where they were trying to sort of. I don't know. They they sort of just spread themselves too thin in a couple places, and they maybe just didn't have the experience with those sounds. Well, I don't know how really else to explain it. Like they just couldn't nail whatever they were after. Um, so um, that's music. Let's move on to our overall experience. Overall experience is just where we we talk about how the game felt as a whole experience because we can break it down into gameplay, we can break it down into story, we can break it down into visuals and music and sound, but what does the overall package do for you? And we're gonna we're instead of just rehashing what we said before, we're just gonna do this a little different. I'm gonna go each person by person. I want you to list um, three things that worked for you and three things that didn't, and um, then give me your score, and we'll just move on instead of spending you know 
15, 20 minutes just rehashing what we've covered in the past, you know, hour. Um, Nick, overall experience, what you got? I'm going to give it a four. Okay. And I guess I'll do three things, okay. whatever. That's kind of weird for me. Um, well, just list me some things that worked for you and what didn't work for you. And then we'll okay. just move on. Pros and cons. Um, well, I've got to say, when I first got, like, I first started the game, it was a couple weeks ago, and I played it like seven hours straight. Like, I just couldn't put it down. It was, yeah. it, it, some, for some reason, it engrossed me so much that I just was, I was in it to win it. Um, like, the battle system was good, like, in my opinion. Like, it, I, I didn't feel it was bad. Um, I liked the aesthetics a lot. The music, when it was good, was great. I, I enjoyed it. Like, the whole thing kind of captured my attention, and it's been a while. Since that's actually happened for me, where I've been like just it in, like instantly captivated by something, and there were things, of course, that turned me off. I'm just going to reiterate the lack of explanation on pretty much damn near anything that would involve like like the items and the skills and the text, like that kind of pissed like pissed me off. That was a turn off. Um, the overworld sprites, like. It's weird and it looks bad, but it doesn't really take away from the experience too much. Like you're looking at it most of the time, but then you're greeted to this like awesome battle um, images, and you you take breaks between like the cinematics and everything once in a while. Um, and um, I guess that's pretty much it. Like, All right. like this, yeah. Well, for like me, for um, like you said, this game makes a fucking hell of a first impression man i was like all right uh, you know we had good experience with shining force 2 i dug that you know and then we sit down to play fantasy star and it's like i didn't know a whole lot about it um i felt like you know we're jumping in the fourth of a series i hope i'm not missing out on too much and the game starts you know and you get that first like that that the intro into the main screen and then like that scrolling text telling you what's going on and you get and you start playing and it was fucking two o'clock in the morning. I'm like, shit, I got to be up for work in three hours, you know? And it was an amazing start. You know, it's like, oh my God, you know, um, I'm going to be in it. And I'll say having the experience of this game looks, makes me look forward to other um, role-playing games on the Sega system because I have very little experience with them. I owned a Sega system, but I didn't have any role-playing games for it. So I look forward to us playing more role-playing games from the Sega system because so far impressed um uh some things that worked for me you know looked cool played cool played fast but required you to play too fast required too much sort of I don't know like I I can give a game a lot for like thinking ahead and planning ahead but sometimes like it just doesn't fit for the game with me and this was one of those scenarios. I can forgive it a little on the explanations of spells and items because this is an error of read the manual. This is a very expensive game came as a very thick manual with most of those lists in there but I often say that's also not an excuse. There's no reason to make a player reference anything exterior to your game that is a bad experience for the player whether that be you know an antiquated experience that no longer happens it just isn't something that should happen in a video game there's no reason for it um but then again what they did with the cutscenes, which were amazing that i can see where they had to save space somewhere but they used the space to describe what a item looked like instead of telling me what it did that would be an easy fix i don't need to know what it looks like tell me what it does um so overall my experience, I'm giving it a four. What about you, Glenn? 
overall, I'm going to have to go with a 3.5. Um, I just say one of my favorite things is I really like the setting. I, I like the blend of the fantasy and the sci-fi a lot. I really do. Um, character design was great. The artwork just overall worked for me. Like, you guys have mentioned the overworld. Not the greatest thing in the world, but there's other games that did it honestly worse. Um... And the combat was cool, but the cutscenes, the way they did the cutscenes and the whole manga feel was great. I really wish more games did that. Didn't work for me. Um, combat was so-so. Like, the techniques were kind of cool, but you had to figure them out, and they were kind of easy to screw up. And just, it, it felt like a, just a bog-standard JRPG at times. Go find this, go talk to this person, kill the boss, repeat. Yeah, I can agree. I can agree. Um, so we've talked about how we felt about the game. So let's say you decide you want to go play it. Um, what are some sort of ticks, uh, ticks, uh, tips or advice that you can give people that are setting out to play this game, Nick? What are some things they should know, look out for, and do going into this game? Well, if you've listened to our podcast before playing this game, then you would know that some people die and some people leave your party. Uh, what I would recommend is looking that up beforehand because you may be able to salvage their equipment and sell it for some mesetas. Um, because all of everybody that comes back in your party, when they come back, all their equipment is replaced with better equipment. So you're never left with um, any character not having anything that they like. You, like you're not screwed or anything. Um, there's also a certain part of the game where Chaz is by himself, and it's only for maybe like two or three minutes of total game time but there's a mechanic in the game where if you have recruited somebody in your party and they're no longer in your party they share the experience that any characters get uh, so during that time if you feel so inclined you can actually grind for a little bit with Chaz and get like a 3000 experience a fight and that will go on to every single character that you have in your party so you can do that for a little bit and give yourself a nice little boost if you want um I already explained Megid inside of that rant I did for the story. Um, what about some of the combinations, some helpful combinations? Man, I didn't use any combinations. I used like Triflare like twice. Then I like literally in combat every single time I went in and I physically picked the best uh, monster to attack with each character or used a spell on each monster that I wanted to use. I never used any combinations besides Tri blaster or whatever the fuck it was so you'd okay. be better try off. blaster try blaster yeah. um i recommend using combinations because uh, most of them only require um two characters so um it just sort of helps because they're often more powerful than the individual spells so um like you said tri blaster is the most effective one there are 14 different combinations so um i recommend just looking up a list uh, of some of the combinations, how to use them. The, a lot of them are pretty obvious, um, like combining like uh, type damages together, and you'll do, um, you know, a very powerful sort of spell like that. Like if you have four characters that can cast a fire spell, and all four of them are macro to cast a fire spell, you're going to get a ginormous fire combo. Um, the thing with that, though, is you have to use the basic versions of the spells, right? No, you can. I'm pretty sure you can upgrade them. Yep, as you use stronger versions, the full combination attack gets stronger. 
There you go. Okay. Um, so Tri Blaster, you have Foy, Thunder, and so what is it? I don't know what FOI stands for, but then you have Thunder and Water. Fire. Fire, Thunder, Water. Um, this is one you get early on. You can use with Chaz, Alice, and Han, and it will trivialize, trivialize so much the early part of the game because it will one-shot everything. So, so use Chaz it, runs out of TP. Use it, abuse it, reuse it, suck it to it. Um, there's no like you know the hunts are recommended because they give you extra mesa I mean just there's no real it's not like you know soak it in with a bunch of missable characters we can cover you know there's not a whole lot here um, to talk about so we're just gonna kind of move on I know this is short tips and tricks segment this week but um, we're just gonna move there's on there's not much in the way of hidden things no there's really not um so. It's very new RPG player friendly. Like, it is. I, it is. I think it's people have recommended this is the best of the fantasy horror games to play, mm-hmm. especially for somebody new to the genre. Yeah. Um. The only thing that's going to be a hindrance to somebody new to the genre is the naming conventions on things. But if you can sort of get them past that, I think they'll have an amazing experience for their first RPG. It's not overly complex in how it, it works it doesn't have um there's not a whole lot you can do wrong as far as like fucking yourself you know in the game other than okay i'm not strong enough to beat this yet let me go kill a couple extra things till i get stronger like it's a very basic sort of experience so i i agree that it would make a great introductory rpg um okay so glenn have you decided what we're playing next i know last episode we talked about it's between uh Diablo, Diablo Dose and Legend, and, of Mana. and Legend of Mana. What is your decision, sir? We are going with Legend of Mana. Uh, of While Diablo was a very close call, um, I like the art style of Legend of Mana far, far more. Okay. It's got a much longer storyline than Diablo does. Most of the replay value from Diablo comes from trying the new characters and um, multiplayer. So okay. I'm hoping we can get just more content out of Legend of Mana. Okay. All right. No, that's that's cool. That's cool. This is going to be a very long show. Um, so, um, next game is Legend of Mana, and I think they'll do it. Does anybody have anything they'd like to add before we leave out of here? Before I pull up uh, our outro. Real quick. Real yep. quick. Yep. If you have played the later uh, Fancy Stars, like online universe and whatnot, just ignore all of that going into Final Fantasy Star Four. It's completely different. Yeah. Well, that's because it all takes place after this. Like the Hunter's Guild spread out across everywhere because it was able to survive in Matovia or something like that. No, it's they're they're alternate universes, but the gameplay itself is just fundamentally different. Okay, we'll just okay. well we're we're not here to discuss the the series. Um, okay. Oh, did we get any more emails or anything? Um, I will double check. I don't think we do. That shit gets directed to my phone. I heard back from uh. AP, he recommended another game. Let's see. Um, this is from AP. We'll call him... Uh, he said we can use his name, so I'm going to call him Andy. It's Anderson. I don't know. I don't think he'd like to call me Andy. I don't know. Whatever. Like Mr. Anderson? <laughs> I'm just going to stick with uh, Captain AP, our constant contributor. All right. He said he was packing up games for his move, and he came across Lost Odyssey, a JRPG for the 360, which is uncommon. It's got turn-based combat along with its own unique battle mechanics. It's a four-disc game. It's a huge time investment. But his opinion, he's the best JRPG on the 360. He'd love to hear our opinions on it. And what I told him is 
we certainly add it to the list, but I feel like that's a little new for us right now. It'd be a while before we, we really hit PS3 360 territory. Um, we have so many games left to cover, but I appreciate him sending in that email. And for those that want to keep um, sending in recommendations, please do. Um, you know, sort of, you know, because there's no way we're going to know about all the titles that were, were released. So... Don't be afraid to send us that email. Um, you can ask anybody that's, that's emailed me between, you know, um, AP here and RetroCal. I respond pretty quick. Um, that shit pops up right on my phone. I'm like, thanks for sending an email. We'll get to it on the show. Like I'm, I'm, And if it's for somebody in particular like Nick or Glenn or even Marcus or Dan, I'll send that shit right on to them. So what were we saying, oh, Nick? Uh, I said even Keith. Because Keith emailed us. Yeah, Keith, but uh, Keith, no, I think he, I think we offended him. I think he went away. Oh, never heard We're back sorry. from Keith. Oh well. I mean, I mean, I feel like uh, it kind of makes me sad for the first couple shows because there are people that want to like they go to listen like, oh, let's go like start from the beginning, and it's like, no, don't do that because those early ones are bad. Like they're very just all over the place and like the the sound quality was i mean sound quality is still not where i want it i'm you know working on that but my bad there's only so much um i can do because like i said i don't have a quiet enough recording space you know i got the dogs going or making noises i got the train and you know one day i will and just it's not in the cards right this moment so we just gonna have to keep on keep on with what we got you know so um and then our next show is the um that's one of the ones that's not a RPG show presents is a uh, interview with the that GameFAQs um, contributor. So we'll have that up, and I think that'll do it. Oh, what was it? Oh shit! Oh, thank you, RetroCal, for recommending this for us to play. By the way, yes, no, it's 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 great. Um, and we want to you know just shout out his show. Uh, is it worth it? You can find that at RetroRPG.net along with Derek and Don's RetroRPG podcast. Look them up on iTunes. If you're not already listening, go listen to them. Give them rating and review on iTunes because they're awesome. RetroCal's awesome. He constantly is shouting us out on his show, and we're incredibly grateful for it. So um, I think that's it. Let me bring us into the outro here, guys. Let's get out. Let's let's finish. We've been, we've been recording all day. Let's bring us into this thing. It's going to come up loud like it always does. Oh, yeah. Bring it down. Okay. really love this outro music. Okay. You like the show? Because, I mean, we'd like to thank you for listening. So, if you, do you like the show or are we the sixth most dangerous thing in the universe? Either way, leave a rating and review on iTunes. Each one helps, and we love you for it. Want to join in the conversation? You can send us an email to podcast at therpgshow.com or follow us on Twitter at therpgpodcast. Still looking for more RPG action? Search for RPG Show on Twitch and YouTube. Look forward to some action showing up there soon. And until next time, say bye, everybody. See ya. Bye.